you're listening to Cinema Geekly, with the hosts who bothered actually turning up for the show. And I'm their voiceover guy. I'm from Britain, where you can find the real Boston, New York and Newark. They're shitholes, but they're here. Speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Superman. Yes, Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman. Who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights the never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 163, brought to you by Fandango. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, or click the Fandango link at the top of the page on cinemageekly.com. Pick yourself up some movie tickets. You can pre-order your seats for Star Wars The Last Jedi. You can still pick up seats to go see Thor Ragnarok in theaters. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, I, I hear, is actually getting pretty good reviews or or at least that uh, the trailer I saw it did you I heard the trailers heavily mis uh, misrepresented the movie well I mean if you know the story then yes yeah uh, and uh, Justice League of course in theaters uh, and we're gonna be reviewing Justice League today too and uh, now that I knew that you saw murder on the Orient Express I'm gonna get your thoughts on that as well uh, but uh, yeah pre-order your movie tickets uh, through fandango or uh, the holiday seasons are rapidly approaching. Uh, pick up uh, that special person in your life a uh, gift card to go to the movies. Uh, that's the sort of thing I enjoy anyway. So if you don't know anybody, buy me a gift card using the link cinemaheekly.com slash Fandango. So now that I know that you watched Murder on the Orient Express, Glenn, what did you think of it? I'm curious because I really want to check it out. But uh, uh, the trailers had me feeling a little weird. Uh, it's it's goofy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's not like laugh out loud, bust your gut, funny. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely played more of a melodrama, lighthearted than what they make the trailers look. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fine. Um, <laughs> it was fine. My, oh boy, I feel like this could be you, a recurring theme. No, no, no. You say this because I thought it was okay. And I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm being super cynical lately because I yeah. I'll finally just I'll just flat out say I just didn't like Thor Ragnarok now instead of just like uh, no I just whatever I'm not half assing it now just saying I don't like it. Ah. Um, and so I don't know. Just it was it was a good movie. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is she is damn good in that movie. Yeah, she is by far the best part. I haven't but seen her in ages friend, either. Yeah, well, she was in Mother, too, so it's two movies I've seen her in this year. Um, but my friend David loved it. Robbie loved it. 
My friend Cameron loved it. Like everybody I know who has seen it really enjoyed the movie. Um, but yeah, it was it's fine. I mean, I don't know how spoiler you want me to get, but no, you can get. I mean, it it, it depends on how much you have to say about the movie, I suppose. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is the movie. It's not necessarily a murder mystery because you'll pretty much figure it out. <laughs> like 45 minutes into the movie yeah. so it's more of just like him trying to piece it all together um, in the way he's kind of going and like my only real complaint of the movie is I wish it was almost 100% his perspective but you break once or twice yeah. find out information that he doesn't know so I feel like if we were with him the whole time it would I just think it would have paced itself better mm-hmm. but no it's great I mean it, it really I mean it's good it's a good movie um does this uh, live up to the Kenneth Branagh Shakespearean? Uh, is this, can you tell this is a Kenneth Branagh movie? Like you could tell, like when he was in, when he directed the, like the first Thor that it. Yeah, it's Branagh. very, it's very similar. I would say to the first Thor, like he's trying to be self-aware, but he's also too precious about the material to really go yeah. there. Yeah, 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 if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like he still tries to have a certain level of respect, mm-hmm. so there's little things that he does, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of like his, I kind of like his style a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like the me. first Thor movie is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a solid, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good though. I mean, all the cast is pretty. The only one I thought was not good was uh, the guy who plays a doctor. What's his name? Leslie Odom, mm. yeah, he's like a singer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think he was good at all. Um, and then like Daisy Ridley is supposed to be like, I guess a governess is like a babysitter or whatever, but she's supposed to be like the nanny, and she's a nanny of a kid that you find all this out like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, uh, but she's like a nanny of a kid that died, mm-hmm. and so she's supposed to be and one of the the kid's sisters full grown now, and so it's like. Wait, I'm supposed to believe that you're like a minimum, minimum like 20 years older than this kid? No, you like you guys look like the same age. Like that was, that was really. I mean, granted, she's good in it, um, but it was just like, yeah, I don't believe that she's pushing 40. I'm sorry, I don't care how much like red lipstick and <laughs> how much you try and cake on that makeup to make her look older. Like she's my age. I'm not stupid. So uh, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer is the breakout in this one, huh? Uh, yeah, to me she was. But I I love Michelle Pfeiffer, so it's just like I'm glad to see her in things. Yeah, so. she's she took a four year break from movies. She's had three releases this year. Yeah, she would uh, no, She really was great. I mean, she to me, I thought she was the best part. And then obviously she was announced uh, a few months ago playing Janet Van Dyne in the Ant Man and the Wasp movie. Yeah. So awesome. Well, that's that's good. I haven't I haven't heard from her in like uh, ages. Like the last time I remember her name popping up, uh, she was in uh, that uh, Dark Shadows movie with uh, yeah. Tim the Tim Burton movie. Which yeah, I mean, well, you I know, Johnny Depp's in this too. So <laughs> yes, yes. Um, he's not terrible what would you what would you give Murder on the Orient Express Mm, like a three and a half yeah that's not too shabby yeah it was a solid movie I did not enjoy myself watching it it was just there's some weird things that I thought they could have done differently Mm -hmm. because if as I understand it the book is uh, not from his perspective but from like his assistant which he doesn't really have like an official assistant in this movie 
Yeah. Um, so my thing is like, if you're going to make that decision, everything's from his perspective. I think you should go full fledged. But I don't know if he was worried that it'd be turned into like a Sherlock Holmes thing or what. But I don't know. It was yeah. it was good though. It was solid. Kenneth Braun is also great. I mean, I guess I shouldn't. I don't want to undersell how good he is. It's just Michelle Pfeiffer was very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's... And Judy Dench does resting bitch face the whole time, so she does her thing too. Uh, let's talk about the trailer for Rampage. <laughs> Glenn, is there a chance that this becomes the first successful? video game to movie maybe i don't know i look i really want to see this movie i because it looks dumb as hell and i can't I think believe the movie knows it's dumb as hell i just 2017 sometimes i can't believe it it's just uh all these all these video game properties and they're like let's go with that guys remember that arcade game where you could be like a gorilla and a wolf and like a dragon or crocodile thingy and you just like you just uh wreck cities and fight each other like let's just make a movie about that and they're like sure uh and they're like you know what let's put the rock in it and they're like good idea <laughs> uh so rampage is a movie about the rock who is a gigantic man cuz he's the rock but he's friends with an albino gorilla named George, who... Which is the name of the white gorilla in Rampage. Yes. Uh, who gets chemicals on it or something. Yeah, like, it looks it looks like CIA slash Negan. Yeah. Is uh, doing yeah, some Jeffrey, shady shit. Jeffrey Dean Morgan <laughs> is in this movie. I, I Look, I love movies like this. Oh, he knows what movies he, he is into. Yeah, I, I well, I gotta, I gotta say, I don't know if you're watching Walking Dead, but uh, I know you, I know you have like a thing against watching it. Uh, so I don't know if you've seen his performance in the show. I mean, I've seen, I've seen the famous scene, and then right. I've also seen Chappelle's version of it as well. Oh, so. like where he, where he killed. You saw the scene where he killed, uh, kills Glenn. Spoiler, spoiler, yes. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be a spoiler by now. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I love movies like this because you see them every now and again where there's an actor who's currently playing like a famous big role on like TV or something like that. And they come in to do a movie and it's just a movie where it's just like, look, nobody gives a shit. This movie's going to make some money because it's got the rock in it and there's big monsters fighting. And, you know, uh, I'm positive Jeffrey Dean Morgan came in. And he's like, you know, all right, what am I playing? And they're like, okay, you're playing the CIA guy who's in charge of this operation or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but how do you want me to play it or whatever? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. Do whatever you want. And he's like, well, uh, I'm doing this Negan character on The Walking Dead. And they're like, fine, do that. He's playing Negan. Like, I mean, he's not, like, killing people with a baseball bat, but he's doing, he looks, his look hasn't changed. It's like they didn't bother to change his look at all. And he talks exactly the same way. Same cadence, same speech patterns. He's playing Negan. He's got the same looks on his face. Well, uh, it's like uh, like Jeff Goldblum Jurassic Park. Like He knows what movie he's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's what makes him so great in it. Because yeah. he knows he's just... He's in a monster movie. And uh, that's what... That's what this is. It's just a big, dumb monster movie. But anyway, the chemicals, the chemicals make George huge. 
And then it's revealed in the trailer that, oh, there's also a giant wolf and a giant crocodile, and they're all going to fight each other. That's getting hunted down by Deathstroke. Yes. (laughs) They're all going to, they're all going to fight each other. In Chicago. Well, no, 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 they're helping each other because they like stand side by side. Oh, that's true. Maybe they fight against the crocodile. Yeah, because despite all their rage, you know. (laughs) They use that Smashing Pumpkin song, of course. (laughs) I can't believe it. As soon as it started playing, I was like, oh, oh my god. Yeah. This movie knows what it is. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty tremendous. I mean, this isn't going to be good, but it's going to be good. If yeah, I mean. I mean, so like, I got in this argument, and it was this guy who was like, I don't know, I've only met a couple times, I don't really like him. Um, But my friend Rose posted it, and I was just like, it's, look, they say it. A 30-foot wolf. I'm in. Like, I don't care. Yeah. And then this guy's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're making this big, dumb movie, blah, blah, blah. Why can't The Rock Why can't the Rock do something? Um, or, no, The Rock's in so many movies, he's becoming Danny Trejo. And so I was like, I didn't know being Danny Trejo was a bad thing. Yeah. And he goes, no, well, no, it isn't because Danny Trejo is awesome, so it's a bad comparison but The Rock isn't self-aware enough to do what Danny Trejo does. And I'm like, so you're telling me that The Rock isn't aware that he's making a movie where he is Jane Goodall but can fly a helicopter and the movie comes out on 420. You're telling yeah. me this movie doesn't know what it is. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, no, it's, it's too big of a budget for it to know what it is. And I'm like, have you ever seen a Fast and Furious movie? Like, yeah, they 100% know what they're making. Yeah. The, Vin Diesel fights a nuclear submarine with a car yeah. and wins. Like, they, yes. they 100% know what the hell they're doing. I'm pretty sure one of the movies, a car punched a person. So, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, they even have, uh, yeah, the eighth one where they're like, they all shoot, like, grapples at him to hold him, his car still. It's like, <laughs> he's got to be going. He's got, like, 100,000 horsepower. No, try two. Try three. And then, like, say, no, he's got four. And it's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I mean, the fact that The Rock is like Jane Goodall at all in this movie is hilarious. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> the, Rock is, the Rock is big enough to play the gorilla in this movie. And he's like the Jane Goodall type, but uh, well, yeah. It's like, I thought that Jumanji movie, like, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And then they, I don't know, I don't know if you had one for Justice League, but I did. And it was kind of like the first trailer, but they added a few things into it. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, I actually genuinely want to see this movie. Like, it looks dumb as hell, but it also looks like it knows it's dumb as hell. Yeah, Um, I I didn't watch it thinking like, oh, this is getting added to my home movie collection. But like, this will be like a fun watch, like a one-off. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. totally. I have to... The young kid who, I, I don't know which one he is. I, he might be that kid from 13 Reasons Why. Or he could be Logan Lerman. I don't really know at this point. Um, and he's like kind of like Indiana Jones. He's like going through stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Okay. I get, yeah, this movie. And then like Kevin's heart eats cake and then blows up. Like, oh. Oh, yep. this movie 100% knows what it is. Okay. Yes. If I knew it was going to be this stupid, then yeah, I'll probably, I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I got Jen to come in and watch the trailer by telling her that The Rock made a big-budget Sci-Fi Channel original movie. and uh, yeah, That's what it is, and yes. I don't care. <laughs> this is this is like Sharknado with a budget. 
uh, is basically <laughs> they have a thirty foot crocodile too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Uh, it looks dumb, but fun. It looks like yeah, you know, fun I, kind of. I'm fine with dumb fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, Star Wars, and it'll news. be coming out whenever Better Call Saul does. So I'm going to need some dumb fun. Indeed. Uh, to to kind of balance to the yin and yang the yeah. oh and you know we'll still be watching Arrow which is depressing in and of itself so yeah we'll need sure. more dump uh, Star Wars news uh, so the House of Mouse must be really pleased with Ryan Johnson uh, his Star Wars Episode Eight has not even come out yet uh, I mean I've always been soon. pleased with him so. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, look, so far there hasn't been anything to be displeased with. Uh, I like Brick. I like Looper. I think he has another movie, too, that I think people liked, but I haven't. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, so but, Breaking Bad are good? Somebody yeah, yeah. say his are the best? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, so he's doing this Episode Eight movie, and then before you know it, there's an article that pops out noting that Ryan Johnson is going to be the writer and director of uh, a new Star Wars trilogy, or at least the the beginning of the new trilogy. And I guess this is going to be episode 10. So I, the, the big news here is, and I know as much as you dislike uh, the culture surrounding franchises and shared universes, uh, at least it sounds like they're going to take a chance when it comes to what I presume will be called Episode 10, because it is supposed to be completely divorced from the Skywalkers. I have nothing to do with them. So apparently it'll be... Well, because they're going to have them all killed off by nine, so... You think that's what's going to go on? Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if Kylo Ren died, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be killing Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker off come nine. Yeah. And... Whatever we find out Ray's relationship to the family, mm-hmm. uh, and then if Kylo Ren dies, then yeah, all the Skywalkers are dead. So yeah, I'm still kind of hoping that. Look, I'm, I, I mean, I don't really care who Ray ends up being related to. She's related to anybody, but I'd be happy if she just wasn't related to anyone. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. we'll see. Uh, either or, I don't really care. I think I would prefer her not be related to anybody just to do something. And I would also give an excuse to continue using Daisy Ridley in in future movies because. She's technically not part of the Skywalker legacy or whatever, uh, but yeah, I I don't know personally. I think it's it's I think it's a good move to finally veer away from the Skywalkers. They've done what will have been nine movies about them. So if you're going to do yeah, more, and in a, in a galaxy, a there's more than just one family. Yes. Uh, I mean, now obviously we're saying all of this before seeing Episode Eight, not knowing how it has turned out. Um, well, it's I'm, not going to weigh that. This isn't going to end the way you think. So, <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm remaining very hopeful for the movie because this is so weird to say, because the trailers have underwhelmed for me a little bit. Uh, maybe it, maybe it just doesn't have that shiny newness of seeing a new star Wars trailer for the first time or whatever. And then seeing Rogue one, uh, the episode eight trailers have kind of underwhelmed for me a little bit. Like I'm excited to go see the movie, but I'm nowhere near like the, the hype, the hype level is not quite as big. So yeah. Well, you've I'm, also had two since then. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going in kind of excited, but we still, we we're not really sure what we're going to get. I'm but really curious to see how much money this movie is going to make. Yeah. Well, Disney, and obviously Disney's very excited about it. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing this. 
Uh, and the the other news also that they noted, uh, this has been talked about as well, that Disney is going to be starting their own streaming service, I think in 2018, I think they're talking about, or maybe 2019, I'm not sure how long it's going to take them to set up this service. Uh, they also announced they're going to be doing a live-action Star Wars television show for the streaming service. And on top of that, I think, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you can corroborate, because I don't know if you saw it, but I'm pretty sure I saw somebody from Disney saying that they were going to be extremely competitive with Netflix as far as price goes. Like, I think hinting that it would be cheaper than Netflix. I mean, I would hope so, because if they're doing everything underneath their umbrella, granted, yeah. it's the largest umbrella that we have. Um, yeah, well, because it, like, it sounds like they're not going to be producing a lot of original content for the streaming service. It sounds like they're just going to be, you can go watch every Disney movie, you can go watch all I mean, Disney that's a shows. pretty expensive vault, so I don't blame them if that's their plan. It is. I mean, and obviously you're getting all of Marvel. You'd be getting all of Lucasfilm in there. So there's like, you know, that's a streaming service. I Quite frankly, I'd pick that up. Uh, there's so many of those Disney movies that are sometimes hard to come by because they put them on limited release. Yeah. You have to go buy them on uh, eBay or some shit. So, sure. Uh, and they've got a huge catalog of, I mean, look, if they put like my animated cartoons from when I was a kid, like if uh, uh like DuckTales or Darkwing Duck ends up on there. I will watch that shit. Gargoyles? Yeah, yeah. They've got their hands in so many cookie jars. Davy Crockett? <laughs> I don't recall Davy Crockett, but... Davy Cro- oh, Davy Crockett's before our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't recall ever... I don't, I don't recall watching that, but they ever watch totally the live-action Davy Crockett show? I don't think so. Oh. Don't ring a bell, anyway. Uh, well, I'd, not in Texas, Glenn, so... I mean, this was before I was Texas. Oh wow! I just <laughs> I figured it was. It. I just presumed it was required viewing. Like instead of billboards, they just have the Davy Crockett live action show playing on screens all throughout Texas. But nah, no, nah, it's more of a Jim Bowie thing up here. <laughs> I mean, I do uh, have. I mean, I am like forty miles away from the largest Bowie knife in the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And it's in the town of Bowie. Of course, yeah. Why? So. Where else would it be? And before uh, Ben corrects me that it's Bowie, there's a difference, all right? Indeed. Bowie yeah. is for Davids. Yeah. Bowies are for Jim. Jims. <laughs> should be a, that should be a sign as well in Texas. That should be. It'd be, it'd be a cool t-shirt. <laughs> Bowies are for Davids and Bowies are for Jims. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty... I mean, I don't know how I feel about it yet another streaming service. Uh, and to be honest, I own all the Marvel movies anyway, and I own all the Star Wars movies, and I own all the Indiana Jones movies, so there's really not a lot of incentive for me in that regard, but I do have kids, and they do like Disney. Uh, well, it would a- be really cool if it's all the movies and special features, because that would be something I would be 100% sure. in on. Sure. And uh, you know, and if they're doing like a live-action Star Wars show for the for the network, that'll obviously draw eyes. People will be going to that to see it, so... Uh, look, I mean, it turns out the new Star Trek show ended up drawing enough attention to CBS All Access that they're doing a second season. So, look, if people are tuning in for that on CBS, then people will be buying a Disney-themed streaming service. Oh, I just can't believe all those old people are able to figure out how to use CBS All Access. No kidding, right? Dude, I... I they're the only ones even... who care about that catalog. You're not even... 
you're not even joking. So many people I've 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 seen so many people who are just like, isn't it supposed to be on TV? Why, why can't I find it on my my TV program thing? And it's just, whew. It, it's not a it's not it's not a joke. Old people like their Star Trek, and their CBS for sure. I've I've looked through the catalog. It's uh it's not it's not a it's not a great catalog. Is Andy Griffith's show is that a CBS show? I think Andy Griffith is on there. I think it I, is. I can't. I don't know what. I don't know what three networks it was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's on there for sure. Hmm. Uh, I know they have like I Love Lucy and stuff, but so uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Glenn is getting its sequel. Uh, it's got a title, which I heard. So the the word that I heard was that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was going to be the title of the first movie, but the second movie would have its own unique standalone title. But I guess they were worried about... You mean branding? Warner Brothers did marketing and had to follow their research to see what would work best for a big, dumb crowd? Yeah, they were worried about branding. So the title is a big, huge title. So it is... Uh, fantastic. I can't wait for the acronyms in our chat to start yeah. coming up with it is fantastic the... beasts colon the crimes of grindelwald uh and uh, they released with it a cast picture in which you can see jude law as Yungledore. uh did you see the cast picture did you see jude law playing young dumble yep by the way young dumble should be a new hip-hop artist like tomorrow i'm saying it now uh let's see a young dumble out there everybody uh, uh what he's is... a dj what are you, Young Dumble? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, you've got Johnny Depp in there, obviously, uh, even though I think it's been decided uh, that he sh- really shouldn't have been Grindelwald, that it should have just been Colin Farrell this whole time. Yep. But whatever, because he was great, one of the best parts of that movie, but yep. you know what you're going to do. Uh, and it looks like a lot of the cast is returning. Uh, from the first movie, and then they're how the f is is Ezra Miller returning? I don't know. I thought he exploded, or he did. He definitely exploded. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure at all. Maybe that's Warner Brothers calling to to telling you to stop asking questions. Yeah. Uh, Uh, what the hell? I'm just getting started with my questions for him. So. Uh, and we're going to be meeting Newt Scamander's brother in this movie, and he's hanging out with Lita Lestrange, who was the the girl who got away from him, supposedly. Who is that actor? Because I, I couldn't really tell, because they're all so white. Uh, well, I mean, you know, they're very British-y. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Callum Turner, I believe, uh, is his okay. name. Okay. Uh-huh. Never he totally heard. looks like a he totally looks like a Callum to me, doesn't he? Yeah. Did he just scream Callum to you? Well, the reason why I say that because I I for a second I knew it wasn't him, but I it looked like Matt Smith. That's all I was asking. Yeah, he does kind of have a Matt Smith quality to him for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, mostly because like the contrast things. is very Zack Snydery and dark, so it was mm-hmm. kind of hard to. Yeah. If I didn't know who they were. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see this. Although I, I'm really not looking forward to putting all the the acronyms together for F B T C O G. 
I guess is what the fuck it would be, but can we just, I mean, everybody will just call it the crimes of Grindelwald or whatever, or the Grindelwald movie or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they got, they look, we got to keep with that branding. Everybody, people might not know it's Harry Potter related if we don't put fantastic beasts in it, which means they're probably also going to have to shoehorn in. I'm presuming some sort of fantastic beast to kind of meet the name. Because otherwise, why is that the name? Well, I mean, have you seen the way Johnny Depp's wearing his clothes like a bad boy? So, of course, he's, you know, the Fantastic Beast. He's the Fantastic Beast. Oh, what am I talking about? Yeah, because is it him and uh, uh, Dumbledore supposed to be, you know, lovers of sorts? Oh, yeah, this totally, yeah, name totally works for this. Sure. They're the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, they are. It's their couple name. It's their ship name, as my daughter would say. Uh, I'm cool. So cool. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about but something he's else. He's in his 40s, and he's still, like, legit pretty. Who, are we talking about Jude Law? Yes. Oh, yeah, he looks he looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, unfair. I'll say that. Let's talk about Justice League. You and I have both seen it. Yeah. It is, at least I'm just speaking for myself here, totally fine. It's yeah, like, it's not terrible. I mean, well, it's not great. It's, I wouldn't say no, good, but no. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You, for me, you can, for me, if you want, you can interpret fine to mean good, but uh, it's leaps and bounds better than Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad in the movie. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I'm sure we'll have the same favorite moment. Uh, I mean, the plot also mostly makes sense. Yeah, plot uh, it's, sense. It's relatively simple to follow along with. It's it's very simple. It's yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's definitely not Wonder Woman. It didn't have like any of that charm or uh-huh. uh, or any of that. But it is. Uh, I, it's probably my second favorite movie. I liked it more than I liked Man of Steel, and uh, I liked it way better than Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad. That's true. So, uh, miles better, but uh, I can't look. I'll just say this: uh, I came out of like the Avengers, seeing the Avengers for the first time, and I was blown away by that movie. I thought it was incredible. Uh, I think that's kind of the vibe you want from like your first big movie like this that they were doing, and I certainly did not get that feeling from this movie. I, no. I never, I never quite got that feeling because they sure. don't know what they're doing. No, and I feel like it's obvious they don't have a plan. I feel like some of it is because. I feel like the Avengers did a proper build to the Avengers. I you get you get heavily rewarded for having watched those previous movies uh, that introduced all of those characters. And you don't have to waste time on origins and their big team up either. Yeah, there is only one character in this movie that I felt any attachment to, and that's Wonder Woman, because I mean we saw her in Batman v Superman, but the only attachment there was like, whoa, she's hot. And her acting wasn't bad, and her action scenes were cool, and how badass was her music, which is not much of an attachment. But no, then her no, movie, but then her movie came out, 
And then it gave you so much more, and then you felt like an affinity for that character, and you began to like it a lot. So I really attached to Wonder Woman in this movie because I know her. Uh, the Batman, he seemed different in this movie he than he was in so Batman. so different. And... Than, so I don't know that guy at all. He's different oh. from the guy in Batman v Superman, and I didn't even know that Batman all that well. Oh, you just know that he was mad. Yeah, uh, and Superman, you can say kind of the same thing for him. I mean, he did get his own but in a But for the better. He was yeah. actually Superman in this movie. Yeah, he improved. He uh, is so hokey and yeah. <laughs> had dad jokes for days. Yeah, he, that he I improved. Just, I was so happy to see his colors were bright. Mm. Um. His attitude was brighter-ish. Yeah, I mean, like, when he's picking up the building and to save all those people, I'm assuming that were in there. And then, you know, as the Flash pushes a truck a few... I think it's funnier to imagine that it is an empty building, that he's just moving. Well, what's weird is, so, like, they make it look like it's just the family that's in there, and then as soon as they go to leave the house, there's, like, way more people leaving. A bunch of people, yeah. Yeah, so that was strange. Um... But uh, so we meet uh, Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg all for the first time in this movie, which would be like meeting Thor and Captain America and Hulk for the first time in Avengers. It's like the first time they show up; we've never seen them before. And we kind of interacted with the them, Hulk, but yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, but Hulk did get his own movie. I mean, sort of with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, that's the Hulk. that's the only reason why I say it. It is, in and in, in you're right, it was a little different. Uh, but, yeah, it was just... And, and look, there was nothing particularly really wrong with them, but it was just... It, it, it all felt so slammed together. It just felt like not enough time has passed. For the, the first hour is like, okay, let's spend about ten minutes with each of these so we knew yeah. kind of how they were. They spent more stuff with Cyborg because he's more part of the plot. I thought his stuff was fine. Mm-hmm. I, um, I guess I'm not a fan can... of the look, but I, at the end, yeah, because it look I, the CGI for the most part in this movie looked terrible. Oh my goodness, they, Dude, they, it, it did not look good. Awful. It did not look good in places for sure. Some stuff looked really good. Other things. Yeah, like whenever the like, like at the end, whenever it becomes like Pandora, um, I thought that stuff looked good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, anything like Stephen Wolf just he looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, I don't, and the weird thing is, the, what I gather is like the whole thing was CG. Everything he was yeah. he was a hundred percent CG, and the face that they did, I feel like they could have just done with makeup, put it on the dude. And it probably would have looked a lot better because you would have you had need real something guy. real there. Then that's the yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, you kind of get some of that uncanny. Well, look, I mean, I got like Uncanny Valley Henry Cavill sometimes because they had to digitally replace his mustache, <laughs> which was just crazy. Like, why couldn't he just shave his mustache and they put a fake mustache on for the movie he's playing? Hey, man, that would be so much easier than digitally replacing a mustache. But whatever. Dude, and they spent result, so much money having to do that. And as a result, there was some like weird uncanny valley. Yeah, it was weird, thi- weird things scenes. with his lips. Yeah, in those scenes it was a little weird. So, oh my goodness. So, he, 
but yeah, so for me, like this isn't bad. Like not like nowhere near as unenjoyable as like BVS or Suicide Squad was. This was actually enjoyable. Like not all the jokes made me laugh, but you know, a good deal of them were pretty good. Yeah, it's not like I also laugh at every joke that happens in the Avengers either. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Uh, although I find the hit to miss ratio with Marvel tends to be better, but uh, I mean they're also throwing way more against the wall too. But they're also going for that a bit more, and it feels like DC is sort of they're sort of forcing themselves into that direction a little. Yeah, bit. this move. Uh, okay, so like I watched the Red Letter Media thing, and the guy who we usually have pretty similar tastes, Mike. Um says that this movie felt like a Saturday morning cartoon and that's why he liked it. Mm-hmm. I will, that is, that's a hundred percent my feeling. Yeah. Like everything is so thin. There's nothing really meaty to get on. Mm-hmm. And, um, I get just like with Batman and Superman, like there are interesting ideas. It's just, they didn't explore those ideas. Yeah. Like the movie should have been, um, I don't know. Not so much about Stephen Wolf coming to get the mother boxes, because I don't know. I, well, I mean, I would have liked. Not... I would have liked it if like they could do the whole mother box thing, but if it was like a different um, follower of Dark Side, yeah. Um, each time, and then you know that's kind of why he's sending them as scouts. But it was just yeah. I mean, so it's not. Look, it's not like the Avenger, the first Avengers movie, wasn't paper thin as far as like the. I mean, it was a really straightforward plot in that Avengers movie too. There was not a lot of complication yeah, and they spent more time there. with the characters that didn't have their own movies. They got more of the character moments, like the Hawkeyes, the the Hulks, and the. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did a they did a good Black job Widow. of that. Yeah, but they were able they were able to focus on those. You also had one director and one writer, so. Yeah, that helps. And <laughs> they were able to... I, I mean, you know, so like a lot of it just boils down to they were able to give me characters that I was interested in and that I cared about because I had seen all the other movies that established who they were, who they're, you know, what they're about and what they well, can they do. they had a plan. I mean, it's not even just that... Yes. It's not even so much that they had movies to yeah, establish and Marvel, characters. It yes, was, Marvel had a plan. From the get-go, Kevin Feige was like this is what I want to do. And this is how, and then, you know, you might make some minor adjustments, you know, like casting Don Cheadle to replace Terrence Howard and so on and so forth. But like, for the most part, he had a plan. This is how we're going to get there. And this Mm -hmm. was, we made Batman of Steel. Uh, well, it wasn't that great. So Mm -hmm. let's just, uh, Oh, you know what? Let's, let's try and bring in the Trinity. So let's have them fight right off the bat. And then, Oh, but we got to have our team up. Oh, crap. Okay, so let's put this in there. Um, the one thing I will say, and I, you know, not to kick a man while he's down, but I really hope this is the end of the marriage with Zack Snyder. I mean, Same. this felt very Joss Whedon-y. You can tell the things that he did to make it lighter. A bit, yeah. Um, even some of the scenes you can tell, like in the trailers, were black background and then they were light. Like, I think the Superman thing was supposed to be at night and then it is day. Mm-hmm. instead uh which was fine but i mean they kind of have to start all the way from the beginning because if they're gonna brighten up the colors then they need to change their uniforms because batman look he stuck out so much because 
he was so dark in the soap in the grays and he has like the patches for the flexibility but you don't see that if all the colors are muted yeah. whenever things everything's brightened up like he just looks weirder um, you know weirdly enough i felt like batman was hardly i mean bruce wayne is in this movie a lot but it feels like batman is kind of hardly in this movie yeah I which mean, is fine yeah i mean the same goes for superman too it feels like they they did try to it feels like they did realize that look we haven't spent any time on Flash, we haven't spent any time on Aquaman, we haven't spent any time on Cyborg, so we have to give these guys as much as possible to try to make them affable to the audience. And I feel like it worked in half measures, but I feel like it would have worked better had they gone the more traditional route of giving these guys their movies first to fully establish them and then bring them all together as fully, you know, maybe not fully realized characters, but more fully realized than they were. Or at least here. more than, or, or at least more than just one character having a standalone movie. Like they or two, I guess Superman. I mean, he's not in it enough for me to really count that, but like only one woman had her own movie going into this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, no Superman did have man of steel, but I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. That was like, eh, I mean, he's in it. He's also a way different Superman in this movie. That is also actually true. Superman. But they like sort of he's not him. to me he's not in it enough for me to be like, well, his origin story, but it's like yeah. cuz you honestly wouldn't have needed to have seen Man of Steel for this movie to it wouldn't have to be have been anything, really. Like mm-hmm. if it was just like the movie at like Batman vs Superman could have never happened and I feel like this movie could have worked. Yeah. Like not, and none of the other movies could have happened, and I only say it because we all know Superman. For the most part, people know Superman died in a comic book. Like if they had this as a jumping-off point for none of these characters have ever ever met, we've never seen any other movie. It would have been ballsy, and it would have been just as clunky as it was. But like, it still would have worked, and that's the problem with this movie is this movie could have worked even without having the other movies have existed. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, yeah, oh, you don't get that moment where Superman tells Batman, do you bleed? Yeah, but you could have done that differently as far as if he was going to kill him. I mean, you there there's there could have been a throwaway line to establish it anyways. That is really the only real callback. I mean, there I mean, there but it's also the best lines. scene of the movie is when they bring him back to life. There, I mean, there are a couple of other. I mean, there are a couple of other lines too, where he's like, you know, you won't let me live, you won't let me die. What's going on? Yeah, again, uh, you would you would not have had to have movies to explain that either, though. You, no, they, not really, because they could have just up to that point when they're like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" You know, what if he wants to kill you when he sees you? You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it, it, a lot of it is all inferred, and it's obviously noted from the get-go that Superman is dead. So you really don't need to see Batman v Superman to get this. If you wanted to start with, like, Wonder Woman, you don't have to watch Wonder Woman either, but it's not uh, a bad starting point. I mean, it, it fits better just because of them going, because of Stephen Wolf going the mascara. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. They do they do have the... And we do get to see a Green Lantern in this movie as well. Sure do. Albeit briefly in a, uh, in a flashback scene or whatever. Uh... <laughs> Let's uh, talk about uh, favorite moments in the movie because we there definitely are some. There's some. Yeah, there are moments. actually legit good moments in this movie. What's your best? Oh, it's where the Flash realizes that Superman 
can move as fast as him and can see him. Like that <laughs> oh, was that's a great that moment. is hands down the best move of the movie is whenever he's running and he's it's just manhandling. You just see his eyes just start to look at him and he's just like turns his head what? and Barry <laughs> Allen's like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he, for the most part. And then his one thing he does of combat is he just pushes him. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he is, so he is slightly faster than Superman. Like, he's basically able to dodge most of Superman's attacks, but the fact that Superman can even see to fight him while he's moving through the speed force blows his mind. Uh, That was really great. Uh, Ezra Miller turned out to be not as, like, he felt like he was going to be the annoying comedy, but he really wasn't that annoying. No, Uh, I mean, he had some moments, but. He felt like. Barry, Barry Allen, Allen kind of, yeah. in in the Justice League sense, like he's supposed, yeah. he is the most powerful superhero. But the reason why, I mean, you see it in this movie too, is like he's stunted by his by his own self. He is his own worst enemy when it comes to his powers yep. because he doesn't want to utilize them in that way, and that's fine. Yep. Um, I actually, I like, I genuinely did like Ken. Henry Cavill in this movie, like his American accent got way better. And I don't know if it was because they had a black Panther trailer and just anytime Martin Freeman talks, it is the worst thing. Um, <laughs> Cause it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> maybe he's doing an, maybe he's not doing straight American. He's doing like a mixed accent perhaps. No, he's trying to do like a flat Midwestern accent. Martin Freeman is. And I think that's can't, why it just sounds so yeah. terrible. You can't do flat Midwest. Yeah, with Harry Cow, like he, I don't. Granted, only I can Kansas. He's not from Alabama, so he doesn't really need like that southern twang that he's throwing in there. But whatever, it works. It, it was okay. I can forgive it. Uh, uh, I, I, I. By the way, that was that was also uh, my favorite moment as well. Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Moment, like it has but, to be. It's the best part of the movie. Uh, it's it's such a it's such a great moment. But uh, I mean, there was a lot of. There's a lot of stuff to like when they're Even all fighting together. Even stuff, I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's hokey, but it's fine. It, it can be hokey. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to like in the uh, in the fight scenes where they're all fighting together as a team, all of that stuff. Uh, Aquaman. So I started off thinking I was going to love Aquaman, and then I started hearing people talking about how he's very dude broy, and I figured I was going to not like him as much. But, you know, I ended up liking him, too. Yeah, and he's he dude broy, but he's... He has a has a hilarious scene where he's accidentally sitting on like the lasso of truth or that whatever. That was pretty great. And accidentally spills his guts out to everybody. But he also gives my favorite line in the whole movie in that too. Mm-hmm. When he tells Barry Allen that if he tells anybody about this, he's going to send every prawn he knows after him. Yes, that was that was pretty great. <laughs> uh, it's a there's a, there's a lot to like, but it's also uh, it's got some of my huge pet. Not even pet peeves at this point. They're just things that I just do not like about this universe. And that is humongous third acts where everything is dark. The sky is... Like, everything is CG. Everything. Everything everywhere is computer generated. I mean, that's that's every superhero movie. Yeah, I I mean, to a degree. Now, granted... Uh, like in the Avengers, for example, because it would be hypocritical to note that there's a lot of scenes in the Avengers where New York City has been digitally recreated, but it's difficult to tell because it's not pitch black and it's not like this weird red sky with crumbling shit everywhere. It's just the city. So it looks, doesn't look CG at all. And they're fighting in the daylight. Uh, and it's just, it's just something about that that gives it, I don't know. I, I can... I don't mind that as much. 
like for some reason I feel like when you're doing all that CG and it's in the dark, I feel like they're trying to hide things and maybe they were because some of the CG was not that great in this movie. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, it, was, it just felt so messy. The end, and like not in like a plot sense or whatever. They like they wrap up things just fine. But it just, the look was messy. Like, it reminds me of, like, those Transformers movies where they're fighting each other and it's just huge hunks of metal everywhere. And you have, you can't really figure out what the shit is going on sometimes. And it's just, like, that, that visual aesthetic and that style is not appealing to me at all. And is, yeah, I mean, I knew it was happening because I saw the trailers, obviously. And that's clearly part of the tone they've been setting, but it's not an appealing tone, uh to me like I feel like you can do dark and heavy and not have everything pitch black with red skies and explosions and crumbling buildings uh, I don't know it just it just felt like that's been all of their movies and I feel like Marvel doesn't do this in all of their movies they do it in a, a lot of them to be sure but I feel like so far every even Wonder Woman which was uh a much brighter movie and uh, a lighter tone and more adventurous and everything. It still ended dark with crumbling buildings and CGI monsters and, uh, and shit like that happening. So, I mean, and we're going to get that in the Avengers infinity war movie too. I'm really trying to think about what Marvel movie didn't end that way. Uh, but some of them are just, uh, some, uh, Ant-Man ended in a little girl's bedroom. Yeah, but it was still CGI, just because the scale oh, was... No, 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 that's true. I'm not saying the CGI makes it bad. I'm just saying it's like a combination of all of the factors is... It's all the things that make Zack Snyder Zack Snyder. I mean, and yeah, that's the... It's, 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 too, it's a little too Zack Snyder-y for me, I guess is what I'm saying. It worked once, uh, it looked kind of cool. I mean, granted, I don't like 300 at all, but mm-hmm. I will say it, it worked for just about everybody one time, and we yeah. don't need to do that again. I mean, it worked for me twice. I liked Watchmen as well, but... Yeah, Watchmen worked better. Yeah, it does work better with that, too, but it's also because the source material fits like, you can't, perfectly into it, yeah. Yeah, you can't just try... So, like... Justice League, I was talking to my friend about it, and I was like, it's a weird thing to see because it's definitely a criticism because this is a movie but it works, it really feels like a motion comic mm-hmm. like all the scenes are going to a location of where they're at, so a conversation ends somewhere and then it start, it, it starts somewhere and then ends where they're supposed to be going like very, you know, let's let's move through time that fast so we can get the plot moving. But it's yeah. like that's all they are. It's just a bunch of scenes together. So like nothing. And granted, this also happens because there's two directors. Um, that so it's just like there's no cohesive yeah. narrative to it. I mean, yeah, like I said, the plot's like super simple. I mean, I don't mean it like that, but it's just. It was it was like watching a comic book. Like it was like watching a comic book unfold and it's that's not it's a movie. You shouldn't make it like that. It's but it seems like that's what Zack Snyder tries to do because the thing that we talk about with Watchmen is like it looks like the comic book. Some people can complain about it and say like oh he's missing the point, but I thought for me that worked with Watchmen because I like the comic so much, therefore I want it to be like the comic. 
Um, whereas something like Justice League, if you're going to borrow a bunch of ideas from different sources within the universe of the comics, uh, then you just need you to pick a lane and stay in it. And that's where this, you know, in a much more successful way versus the Fantastic Four movie that came out a few years ago. Like, in that movie, you can tell what Matthew Vaughn did and you can tell what Josh Trank did. And in this way, you can tell what Josh Whedon did and you can tell what Zack Snyder did. Yeah. So. Uh, and... You know what? A lot of this also kind of just boils down to um, Marvel has built up a lot of goodwill, and DC has not built up as much goodwill with. Me. In fact, they've they've lost most of their goodwill, and Wonder Woman started bringing it back. I'm not going to say this movie took away from it, but it didn't add anything. So I'm kind of just treading water. Uh, it was fine, but or you know what they could do. It was a step in the right direction. I will say that. They could just not make everything a completely shared universe. Well, I mean, they are going to do that with DC, at least, anyway. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, they're making about... a standalone Joker movie, and then they're going to make a Joker movie with Jared Leto. I don't mean doing dumb stuff like that, but... <laughs> I mean, oh, like... you mean just... You just mean make the movies, and then they don't all have to lead to one thing. Yeah, they could just make these movies, and then every once in a while, if they want to make a big team-up movie, they can make a team-up movie. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, you also need to make the stakes smaller. Because that's what would work with a Batman standalone stuff, is because it's about crime. It's more nitty-gritty. Like, you don't... It's mm-hmm. it's smaller scale stuff. You know, it's not everything's going to blow up the whole universe kind of things which is why i always said is dc handles in general with their comics is better as personal stuff whereas marvel's better with like bigger picture social commentary the interweaving of their stuff because that's what it's built i mean Mm -hmm. they're more famous for teams because they don't just have the justice league i mean they have the fantastic four X-Men. X-Men, yeah. You know, the Brotherhood. Like, they they are known for having teams and having intertwining of multiple characters, whereas DC, like, things just tend to work better by Mostly themselves. Mostly individuals, yeah. 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 You, can, you can have your team-ups, that's fine. The but, Inhumans. <laughs> but I also I just don't need it. Not everything has to be like, oh, let's have this teaser because it's going to lead to the next movie. You can just do it like James Bond. It's okay. And if you feel like everyone, every fourth movie is a team-up of all of them, and maybe they intertwine and they ask for help on something, like, because that was, like, some people really hated it, but, like, I liked about Wonder Woman, it's just like, oh, Batman censors something, but it's not, you know, they didn't yeah. spend ten minutes interjecting Stephen Strange into the fucking plot. Like, it was yeah, little thing, hey, here you go, you asked for this, and that's it. I'm fine so, with I mean, those kind of callbacks and Easter eggs. Not everything has to be thrown in my face. So, I mean, the Marvel movies, in the lead-up to the first Avengers movie, I don't, I don't know if any of those movies, the solo movies, were, like, end-of-the-world stakes. Like, maybe they were bigger than, like, small-scale crime the first Avenger sort of was. Well, yeah, the first Avengers movie Thor was definitely, was. like, end-of-the-world stakes. But was Thor, like, end-of-the-world stakes? I mean... Wasn't it, it just Loki? Wasn't it just Loki wanting to seize power of Asgard? Well, yeah, I mean, into the world stakes for Asgard, not not yeah, our yeah. Earth. Yeah, well, it doesn't count. It's like uh, Iron Man it doesn't have kind of Earth was, Earth. you know, you know, his weapons turning against the world in a way. Yeah. I mean, that, I would say that's much more Iron Man two y than it is Iron Man one. 
Uh, Possibly, but it always felt like it was government agencies or some rogue. Winter Soldier is definitely end of the world as we know it, um, because it was just espionage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is like that, but again, it's it's elsewhere. Uh, yeah, like as far as like putting Earth in danger, they feel I feel like they kind of rarely do that. And Iron Man three hints at it. What I don't mean it's so much like end of world stuff, but like what I mean is well, no, but they're big boisterous things that why wouldn't you call help on? Well, no, I mean my 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 point was that they don't go to the end of the world stakes like flat out tell you this could be the end of the world unless it's an Avengers movie usually, but I feel like in a lot of the DC movies so far they've had end of the world plot lines. Man of Steel, uh, they did. Well, it's Man also harder to do because Superman's so big and powerful that it's... Yeah. I, I really just don't uh, think sur- they need to have standalone Superman movies. They should just use him for big team stuff. Cause it's, he's, like the Hulk. Yeah, he's too hard to... He's too strong and powerful for it to be a anything small other than end of the, yeah, yeah, anything other than end of the world stakes. Because as we it, saw like, in the Justice League, he just did everything. Like I know people, I know people love those uh, those Christopher Reeve uh, Superman movies, and I know Lex Luthor had kryptonite and stuff, but you know he was thwarted by Lex Luthor. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, sure, I it's different. Cause yeah, like, yeah, but I mean, Lex Luthor does doesn't do like I mean, yes, the third act's always like some big thing that he's doing. Yes. but it's he's sub- doing something that's subvertive. Yeah. Whereas, like, other villains of Superman, like, uh... I do feel like Superman's powers are kind of going to waste unless it's an end-of-the-world scenario. Yeah, yeah. You bring in the big like, guns. Like, do you really need Superman to stop, like, a bike thief or a yeah. bank robber? Like, nah, I mean, we handle bank robbers all the time without superheroes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe he's going to waste a little bit in these regards. Well, that's kind of like the thing in, uh... I feel like that's why they've done a good job with Hulk. I mean, they've done the thing they've done with Hulk and Marvel because they have to, because Sony gets... Get the rabid dog out of the cage when you need it. Yes. Well, well, I mean, that and Sony, they've been forced into this because Sony gets... No, it's Universal. Cut, the... Universal has the... Oh, is it, is it Universal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they get, a, they get a cut if they make a solo Hulk movie, so they've been forced to just put him in other movies that aren't his own movie, but as a result... They've actually found a formula that works really well for the Hulk. Yeah, because I don't need a standalone Hulk movie. Yeah. Unless it's playing yeah, a Hulk. Really That's completely different. Because it's yeah, yeah. a bigger story, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger stakes. Uh, but anyway, we're getting on. But I would say the same thing for Green Lantern. Like, we saw it. Like, for what his powers are, it needs to be a bigger... Yeah. And granted, you can do the Guardians Galaxy thing. It can be taken place elsewhere, so... Uh, was there anything you thoroughly disliked about Justice League, or or other things that you really enjoyed? Um, same thing like Momoa. I actually, I see what he's doing. I may not agree with it a hundred percent, but at least it feels different. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the underwater stuff, man. If it's really going to be that glossy, that's going to be a tough movie to watch. Mm-hmm. That is going to be. Well, you gotta go for a realistic underwater look. Where everything is tough to see and it's not that clear. No, I mean, like, I, I didn't, I liked how they did the movements and that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, okay, I can yeah. see where this could work. That's fine. 
Um, but yeah, it doesn't, I don't need, I mean, if we think J.J. Abrams loved using a lens flare, holy crap, that was like, you couldn't see squat. Um, I, and, then, and that was the one thing I was wondering, I was like, how are they going to do this talking if they're underwater the whole time? And I had thought that, oh, they might do a thing where there's like air bubbles, like in freaking Phantom Menace or something. But yeah, she just makes a big little, she just makes a little semi circle and they just stand and talk and then i'm like are they gonna have to do this every time there's talking but it looks like a lot of the movie takes place on land because i think it's an origin movie yeah um, so we'll see uh Indeed. but no I, that was the only thing where i'm kind of like i'm not super iffy because i like james wan he takes risk on things um He's like the only one who makes decent big budget horror. I mean, I don't really like horror, but if you're going to go the Hollywood route, like he's kind of the one who at least makes interesting things. Um, I think CGI finally caught up to where I think a Green Lantern thing can look good. It doesn't need to be a solid color. It can be kind of see-through. And the whole Uh, suit doesn't have to be CG. It really doesn't. You can do like a suit. Like an actual suit. I mean, I, w- I was okay. I got the idea behind it, but what what was the problem is that it just looked super goofy in broad daylight. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to make this suit out of energy and it's green and then, like, really black in parts, when you throw them in broad daylight, it looks a little strange. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I know, I mean, the suits in this were animated, but granted, it was like in a CGI shit fest at the beginning. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I could, it could, there are things where it looks like it can work. It's just, they really need to find somebody who's, who can guide it, because Jeff Johns can't. And yeah. I always thought it would be a cool thing to have someone from the comic book world be on top of it. But after seeing this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's coming from this as a comic book perspective, so this is why the pacing feels this way, because yeah. in a comic, it's, you know, generally it's at your pace of how fast you read, but if you're kind of just reading the thought bubbles and going from page to page, things move really quickly, and that was kind of the... I mean, I'm fine, dude. If they want to make superhero movies that are under two hours, I am 100% A-OK with this. Um, yeah. It was odd that they chose this for this movie, considering how many people they had to introduce, but whatever. Um, I didn't feel like super rushed or anything. It was just like, okay, here's 45 minutes for this, here's 45 minutes for that, and here's 20 minutes for this. Um, but no, it was... There are more positives than negatives I can take away from it. This, the problem is that the biggest negative is they need to find someone who's in charge and who can guide the ship. Because Warner Brothers... I mean, Warner Brothers is just scared because they... They should have planned for this when they were making their Harry Potter movies, and they didn't because they just, for whatever reason, thought it would. they didn't see the way it was going or the way the Marvel tide was going? Yeah, I guess they just thought maybe too little too late, and now it's like, well, shit, we need to capitalize on this. And granted, Warner Brothers changed hands as far as, like, who owned them, because I want to say they're under a Japanese company, technically. Um, And then their major partner is Legendary. Uh, you know, is now under a Chinese company who owns it primarily. So, I mean, even some of the boring boardroom stuff, I mean, hands change and they have different perspectives, just like a sports team would. Uh, but it just really seems like they're in, they're, their sole purpose with movies is 
and you can see it. I mean, just like with uh, this Fantastic Beast stuff, is like their whole purpose of making these movies is to make as much money as possible. Therefore, we need to water it down as much as we can. Pay attention to market research. Like I always said, like with uh, Suicide Squad, is they learned the wrong lessons from Batman versus Superman. And this movie felt like that, but it felt like what they were doing was to try and make a Marvel movie uh, with the reshoots. And it's just, they should have just said, whatever, we're just going to dump a. I mean, there had to come a point where they had to stop funneling money into it um, and just save face. But yeah. Well, uh, it's. We'll, uh... we'll see. It's. I just. I don't know. If they're going to have unique perspectives you know like i'm not going to say zach snyder's good but he definitely has a unique way of filmmaking uh sure. that if they're going to have all these directors with unique voices then they probably just need to uh let them do their own thing and uh, especially if you and not have it be tied into something bigger because you don't have a guy who can architect it all mm-hmm. and if you can't find that guy granted there might just be two people who can do that in Hollywood, which is Kathleen Kennedy and Kevin Feige, then uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. Then don't do not do it. What Glenn is saying is sell DC, sell to Disney. Is what yeah, I, I guess. But I, but like, I don't know. Like, you don't, it, it doesn't all have to be tied together. If you can't do it, then just don't do it that way. Like yeah. we say with the Fox stuff, they're taking risks. They're making a horror movie. They're doing this. They're doing that. Like, it's okay and yeah. it doesn't seem like the Deadpool movie has jack shit to do with the main X-Men stuff. And I'm sure New Mutants is going to have nothing to do with the main X-Men stuff. Just do it that way. You can have little Easter eggs in there. Sure. And that's fine. You don't have to do big stuff if you can't so, do it. Uh, so the movie is sitting at a 40% on the tomato meter. Uh, but more interestingly, the average rating is a 5.3 out of 10, which is by definition, middle of the road. Yeah, I mean, that's what uh, this movie is. The positive reviews are saying it's, for the most part, are saying it's a fine movie uh, that could have been much more, but didn't. And even the bad reviews, uh, that means even the bad reviews aren't that harsh. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's a very middle of the road. And we fell on the, I think you and I both fell on the middle of the road side where we're like, you know, it's a fine, it's fine. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I mean, look, this is the Justice League movie. I don't think our opinion should be, it's fine. Oh, I it think it's, be. I think it should be, it was incredible, but to me, it wasn't incredible. It, it was fine. I liked it. It was okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way. It wasn't uh, Lego uh, Batman. No, this was, I figured this was going to be my deciding factor on whether or not I want to commit to adding the the DC movies to my uh to my uh collection cuz this would mean having to have Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad to complete the whole thing even though I do not like those movies. Uh but Wonder Woman had me really hopeful and I'm like okay, well let's see what happens with Justice League and Justice League is okay, but I don't know if I'm going to fully commit to to going down that road of the uh, I mean I I want to see what they do. Like this wasn't bad. This was there was enough here for me to say okay I'm gonna give them another chance, but I don't think that's what they should have been aiming for with a movie like this. Yeah. I think it, they it, it should have 
I, I to me it should have been more, but like Warner Brothers, uh, it will sur- just needs to figure their shit out. Yeah, it will it will suffice. Uh, now they are freaking out about George Miller suing up. the shit out of them because they need to give him his money. Well, no, they're they're free. Well, they're the word is that they're freaking out over the their their box office take home. Well, do you know how much it needs to make for it to get in the black? Well, they're the the rumor that's not listed here on Box Office Mojo. It's listed as NA, but the rumor is that the production budget was three hundred million. Woo! And I'm wondering if that's I'm wondering if that is straight production, like not including marketing, because you know the marketing is the because the 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 word you always hear the Hollywood math is. Whatever the production budget is, double it for the marketing. Yeah, or uh, I if you can't look, imagine it's that much. Well, did but, you listen um, to uh, Jason Bloom when he was on Nerdist? No, and he was kind of talking about he's talking about the same thing, but he's saying like the problem with a twenty million dollar movie is that twenty million dollar movie tends to have a maybe not necessarily double, but at least another fifteen million dollars added to it for marketing purposes. So that twenty million dollar movie turns into you need to make thirty five for it to be flat, and you need to make at least sixty for everybody to be happy. Yeah. Which is why all these middle of the road movies, like these mid budget movies, just don't exist anymore. Which is a shame. Yeah, uh, so if you're talking about if we're talking big. about a if we're talking about a just production budget of three hundred, you know, you're looking at five to six hundred in total with marketing. And its opening weekend was $96 million, which is very low for what they should be. Uh, for for contrast, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 did $144 million. Uh, this movie did about what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 did. It made less movie but, than Wonder Woman. Uh, did this do less than Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman did a hundred and oh, that's right. Three. It did like one, th- yeah, which is impressive because people thought that movie Absolutely. might have only made fifty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this did about the same as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, but uh, people have to remember that there were almost no expectations for that movie. Everybody considered it a huge risk for Marvel. This could be like the first Marvel flop. Because uh, they're going with these re- ridiculously obscure characters and this crazy story, and they're going with this director who makes kind of goofy-ish <laughs> movies. Yeah, he makes like, B movies. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't and, mean in quality, but he makes B yeah. type movies. And it opened at ninety four million dollars, and everyone lost their minds. They're like, "Oh my god!" And then it turned into like the biggest hit of the summer. But that was Guardians of the Galaxy. That is not, you know, that is not this. This is Batman and Wonder Woman and Flash and Superman and probably should not be opening less than the Wonder Woman solo movie. I wonder how much of that is burned bridges for, like, Batman v Superman and and stuff. Yeah, because Batman v Superman made a good chunk of change opening weekend. Yeah. Uh, Batman v Superman. 166. Yeah, it did huge numbers. And I wonder, I mean, you'd have to imagine that it's burned bridges. That it just it did not do well. And, or people watched it. I shouldn't say it didn't do well. It did fine. It made a lot of money. But people, a lot of people didn't like it. What and, do you think of the casting rumors? Uh, are we talking about, like, with Ben Affleck? Uh-huh. Or, uh I haven't heard who who... 
uh, maybe I've heard who was rumored to replace him. If they get rather, rid of him, it's Jake Gyllenhaal is who they want. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I okay. actually, I'm really curious to see it, but it also depends on what kind of Batman they do. They don't if they yeah. do less big hulking, angry Bat God that they did with Ben Affleck and Batman Superman and turned him into kind of you know jokey Batman in this one. Yeah. Um, well, they do like I mean, kind of weird off. I think he could. I think Jake Gyllenhaal could do more like Michael Keaton Batman because he could definitely do the Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne, which is a weird guy um, thing. Because if you've seen Nightcrawler, that guy he could do weird sociopath really well. Uh, <laughs> so, sure. Um, I mean, so I got to get going. Uh, we're running out of time here. We've gone over our limit, but I want to ask you one final question because there has also been the rumor about uh the flash solo movie uh they're doing flashpoint that's already been announced and there was the word that they have waited to start doing work on it to see how justice league pans out i suppose with the idea that if it doesn't pan out very good that they are going to use flashpoint to rewrite the entire universe and do you think that is what they're going to do? That is my question. Are they going to rewrite things with Flashpoint? Which, by the way, would also quasi be able to allow them to recast Batman if they needed to. They could, qu- could recast a lot of people. Sure. Keep the ones they like. Like, the guy who do played Cyborg, I actually really like the guy who played Cyborg. Um, Ray Fisher? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, it wasn't... I mean, he was part of the CG problem. At times, yeah. but but I thought him, uh, like what he was doing, I believe yeah. that he felt like a guy who didn't know where he belonged. Um, yeah, and he was kind of like the last guy on the bus yeah. when it comes to the crew in this movie. Yeah, but, but he was fine. Uh, I don't, know. I don't know. So what do you, what do you think? Do, do they do it? Do they, do they just erase the universe? Barry Allen changes it, and things are different. It could. It, I, I think they could do it, and. I mean, they might as well at this point. The only way I'd say I would say they need to do it is if they do find someone who can write the ship because it can't be Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. It can't be. I mean, I like the guy. I mean, having listened to him talk about stuff, like I like him as like an idea creatives guy, but yeah. he, I don't think he can throw down the hammer and have the conviction that he needs for this is what I want to do. Which is why I always bring up Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim, yeah, he does some weird shit, especially with Batgirl. But he doesn't lack conviction in what he wants to do. And they need someone like that to to carry it, like, Definitely. like a Feige. I mean, honest to God, because I, I don't like him because I think he's pretentious. But the guy knows what he wants and the guy knows what he's doing. And he makes a shitload of money when he does it. It's James Cameron. Can't, yeah, well, you can't <laughs> deny his results, that's for no. sure. No, I mean, if they got someone like that... Because he doesn't need to make it, he can be behind the scenes. Because he's very, you know, like this is a script. Get from A to B and B to C. This is it. Blah blah blah. You know, that's fine. But he also yeah. makes stuff look good. And that, if you're gonna have bare minimum, easy, simple plot, then you need to have your stuff look good. And that's the problem. Is these movies just haven't? I, I think Batman Superman looked better than this um, because there's just so much of clashing of ideas in this movie but like they need to find someone who can make shit look good and definitely james cameron would make shit look good 
<laughs> okay, so final, uh, before we head on out, what would you give Justice League? Like a three. Wow, I was slightly more generous. I gave it I gave it like three and three quarters. Or not three and three quarters, three and a half. Uh, I didn't I give it three and three quarters. Three and a quarter, you could talk me into three and a quarter. But yeah, it was sure. very ho-hummy, fine, okey-dokey. Uh, yeah, I was uh, three and a half. I thought was kind of generous, but that's also because it surpassed. I had a you have to bar, do that arrow grading curve. No, it surpassed it. It surpassed my expectations, but granted, my expectations were low. Yeah. Uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, I I was let down in a lot of ways with the characters because I felt like I didn't know a lot of them because some of them had changed some of them i was just meeting for the first time like i said i really only felt like i knew one yeah and wonder woman didn't even get to do all that much uh because as i said they were focusing a lot more on the newer characters to try to give them uh more share of the story but i mean it's uh it's muddled but i thought it was fine there's something there yeah 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 they can, it can be built upon. I don't know. We'll just we'll we'll see what happens uh, when they do like the Flashpoint movie. Whenever it comes out, I actually have no idea. The DC again to your point about it being muddled with. It feels like they still don't have a uh, a strong vision. I have no idea what movies are coming out next. What's the next DC movie? I'm not even sure. Yeah, who knows? Is it Aquaman. Uh, I think Is so because they're actually filming Aquaman. Is it Aquaman? It could be Aquaman. Yeah. I mean, I know they're making Suicide Squad two, where they announced it, God, and I then out of, <laughs> and then out of the blue, and then well, they are, and then out of the blue, they announced that The Rock is going to be in it. I guess. Oh yeah, because they're going to have Black Adam. That is, which was they better have some they, superpower people on this team. <laughs> which is weird because they announced like the Shazam, the the Shazam movie or whatever. Uh, I remember The Rock saying at one point that that's not tied to the movies, but I guess now it is. I, it just it feels like they are adding things on like they on don't the fly. Have a plan. They're just like you know what what what's the character everybody like from this movie? Okay, give that person a movie. You know what it feels like they need to do, and I know you're trying to get out, but it feels like they need to just be like, we're gonna take a knee. Marvel can have whatever they want right now, and people will say they'll be done of superhero movies and they'll be superhero fatigue. And ten ten years down the road, if Marvel's still doing the same old shtick that they're doing, which because it's inevitably it's going to get old, um, it will come in. And like I say, they could just do the James Bond thing, just make wow. our solo stuff, and they can be good movies if they have little tie-ins here or there. That's fine. But, well, unfortunately, unfortunately for them, Glenn, this is America, and we don't take knees. That's true. So. <laughs> But if you sit, you get that's, suspended. That's so. That's bad. Taking knees are bad. Just remember that. It's true. Uh, all right, so that's the show for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. All past 162 episodes are there. Uh, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit the subscribe button. Uh, that's it. We will be back sometime, I'm going to say... I, I, maybe we can squeeze it in before the end of the year. I would like to do an end of the year so we could talk about uh, The Last Jedi, but I'm not going to be seeing that until Christmas Day, and it's kind of a hectic time in between then and the end of the year, so we'll see if we can squeeze in one before then. Hopefully, I would like to do at least one more 
before the year is out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so we will attempt. We will attempt to do that. So for Glen Bovey, I'm Anthony Lewis. We're going to try to be back sometime before the end of December with another Cinema Geekly podcast. Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time, the Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is the challenge of the Super Friends.